This is a Think Live Be production. What's the matter? Oh, nothing. I was just just thinking, thinking about, thinking about mm. stuff. My mind is always filled with to do lists. I know. Um, I was thinking about goals and planning ahead, and it's that time of year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're rolling into it already, aren't we? I know. It used to be when I first got into real estate. I think we did business planning like in November, mm-hmm. and then That's right. and then it sort of like. It, then it became October. Yep. And now it's September and we're talking about and it. And it's early September. It's early September. We're doing our goal setting like team little planning session in a couple weeks. So a little bit later into September. But obviously to prepare for that, I have to start thinking about what do we want the new year to look like? And so it's it's all on my mind. What did I say to you today? Um, I went to go weigh myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to go weigh myself because I have to know where I'm at to know where I'm going. Where I'm going. <laughs> um, not th- That's a quote from something or something similar. But, you know, I have goals personally to lose weight. So I go and I weigh myself and then I track that. And then I can set a goal to say I want to lose X amount of pounds and then, then I can work backwards. And it's like the simplest analogy to see. How do you get to your goal by working backwards? Mm-hmm. So if I want to lose, I'm just making up numbers. I want to lose 20 pounds and I want to do it by, what was that noise? It was a lot. <laughs> was it, I'm just making up stuff. If I wanted to lose 20 pounds by uh, in 20 weeks, mm. I would have to lose a pound a week. Mm. And that's really easy to map out and really easy to track because all I have to do is wake up and weigh myself. And then at the end of every week, then I should be one pound less. Mm-hmm. And then I have to figure out, though, well, that's the goal and that's how I get there. But what are the things that I have to do that would actually cause that pound to drop? Sure. And then those are the things that have to go on my calendar. And it's the same in business. It just it it seems so much harder. Yeah, because there's more than just that one goal. Right. Well, that's true. But, too. It, but is there? But is there? Right. Or is there? <laughs> is just a there? Lot? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, isn't the goal? Always, I mean, 99.9% of the time isn't the goal is to have X number of sales at the end of the year. Like, that's the goal, well, right? And everything else kind of stems off of that well, one goal. it could be. I it know there's be. personal goals, and we've talked about that before, but if we're talking about business, and we're not talking about personal, so let's just get that out of the the, the conversation and just talk about business. At the end of the day, I would say... Um, percentage wise, if you ask people what their goal was, it's the number or agents, what their goal is, it's the number of sales that they have at the end of the year. Um, it could be, or it could be, there, there's a couple different things that I think could be big goals for real estate. Um, it could be the number of units sold. It could be the volume or the gross commission earned, or even more importantly, it could be the profit. It could be that you want to, um, if you're happy with the number of sales that you're doing, but you want to have more money in your pocket at the end of the year, mm. then your big picture goal would actually be about profitability, not so much right. selling you, more houses. It would be, how do you, what can I cut and still not 
lose out on. Yeah. Right. That's what it would be. Yeah. Or increasing, you could increase the um, sales volume, like the increase the average sales price or increase Mm -hmm. your average commission. But those are activities to get you to a more profitable place. So the big picture goal would still be um, increasing profit. But so before I get into all the goal fun stuff, (laughs) I'm the only person that thinks this is fun. Um, This is our podcast and I am remembering to tell you the intro. This is me telling the intro. Um, we, we call it Seeking the Best because this is the podcast where we seek out the best in ourselves to overcome the personal and professional hurdles in this crazy industry we call real estate. I'm Catherine Stelges. Our co-host, Kayla Boundy, is not with us today. Um, and then our other co-host, Patrick Fatika, he's our... Uh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm off script. You're totally <laughs> off script. Come on, circle back around. Get to the script. No, and our our sound engineer, producer extraordinaire, Patrick Fatiga. There you go. Also co-host. You well, you chime in quite a bit. You got well, you, got you guys opinions. make me chime in. I don't want to do it. Yes, you do. You love no. You, he get... he loves giving his opinions about <laughs> things. <laughs> no. But here's here's the thing. Look, if, if all you jabronis out there were doing your job the way you're supposed to, I wouldn't have to pipe up. Here's the thing about Pat, though. It is, um, if this is the first time listening to our podcast, I've been in real estate. Uh, this is my 16th year, which is insane to think about. But so I've sold tons of houses personally. I've started building a team. Well, I've been building a team for many years. And so I've, I've, I've been through it all. And Pat has learned all of it through osmosis. And He's also a part of the team and helps with, uh, well, does the photos, graphic design, helps me with all my big picture thinking as well. So he knows a lot about real estate um, that he's learned indirectly just by listening to me complain about this. <laughs> well, I'm also, I'm, I'm, we've noticed, you know, Catherine will take on uh, a new listing. And as she does, she's like, what do you think? this house should be listed for oh yeah that's a fun game and that's a fun game because i'm not an agent so i can walk but i'm always in the houses because i'm taking photos and stuff so i get to see them in in real life and then uh i'm always uh within five percent i'm pretty pretty damn close um, from neighborhood to neighborhood and we're you know orlando is a pretty big place and so. that's strictly going to the house to take the photos. You're not like looking up. No, any I'm not doing a CMA. Data. You're not looking at no. recent sales. That's me just walking through the house. It's pretty guessing impressive. The, guessing the price. It's pretty impressive. Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I digress. We're here to talk about goals today. I was having a recent debate with our absent co-host Kayla Boundy. Well, it wasn't really a debate, but. There's this thought about goal setting and do you, um, if you have a team, do you take all of your team members' goals and you add it all up and then that's the goal for the team for the year? Or does the team owner arrive at the goal number and then that's what we're working towards and you're asking the team members like what part of that are they, what are their goals and how are they contributing to that bigger picture? Mm-hmm. There's more nuance in all of that. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think there's some nuance in there. But it's kind of, I've heard both ways kind of explained. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk about both of those things for a minute. <laughs> Maybe 15, 20. <laughs> if, so in my opinion, so I heard somebody, and I can't remember who it was, but the first time that I heard them talk about 
the idea of the team owner setting the goal number, it made perfect sense to me. Because if you take, let's say you have five, uh, let's say you have five sales agents on your team and you add up all of the sales agents' goals together, can you rely on each of them to actually hit their goals? Because otherwise you're setting you're setting goals up based on what people's right. aspirations are. And that's great, but if they're not if they are don't, you letting a bunch of other people dictate how much, how, how many sales the team gets? Well, it's so at the as end, the team owner, and so right, and that, that really, well, yeah, that really resonated with me because it's 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 my business, right? Like I started the business, and so it's my job to set the vision get, yeah. and the goals. If you've got an agent who, you know, has has high goals, like I want to do sixty sales this year, yeah. Right. And then you've got other agents on the team who are like, you know, I'm good with 12. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe 12 isn't enough to be able to make your worth on the team or whatever. Well, and then that's that, you have minimums. And is it well, what? that's but a that's a sort of a side conversation. It's real messy. I, I see the side. I see the idea of the of the team owner who, by the way, also knows, like, how much does it cost to run this team? We got a lot of bills to pay when it comes to marketing and and paying admins and, well, and leads and, so, and all of the stuff. They don't have any buyers agents don't. That's one of the benefits of being on a team. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So Kayla actually posed this question to um, maybe a Facebook group or or just Facebook in general. I can't remember, but I know I saw it. And and most everyone said it's adding up the team's goals. And I think it's because they kind of missed... Because the number of people that are... The number of team owners versus the number of agents on a team, there's always more agents that are on teams than there are team owners. So you're going to get more people. Well, and the, the, <laughs> the point was, and this is where I... I I hear it and it's true. And I think that's why there's so much more nuance. It's really not like it's this or that. Yeah. Um, you have to kind of like. Well, the point was that if you set the goal, like I want to sell 100 houses and. Uh, you as the team owner. Yeah. And then the agents, you're like, OK, this is our goal that they have no buy into that number. Mm-hmm. OK. Makes sense. Sure. I get that. But that's where except I say, if you I'm not if asking you don't hit them. Your, except for the buy-in is if you don't hit your goals, then you're no longer on this team. Well. <laughs> that's the buy. That's the buy-in. Well, but like, that's the point of the nuance is like, I'm not telling you to sell 100 units. I'm setting the the goal for the team, though, because it's mm-hmm. my business. And this is where I, the direction that I want us to go is to do these things. And so then I'm going to ask the team, though, this is where it's it's not either or it's a little bit of both. I'm going to ask the team what their goals are mm-hmm. and then I'm going to look at those numbers. Sure. That's what that's what I was going to say. If you say you say internally, we'll use 100 because that's what you said, um, even though that's low, we'll say 100. Um, that's low. Well, you said you had five, five. Oh, agents. for this yeah. example. <laughs> yeah. For this example. For this example. But let's just use that as a as a as a base point. Um, you might internally say, "I want the team to do a hundred. Let me go talk to my five agents and see what their goals are, because you could turn around and add up all their goals, and it might be one twenty-five. Right. Or you could add up all their goals, and it could be eighty. And so then you say, "Okay, well, we're going to make." the gold 90 
instead well, <laughs> and then you can and then or whatever i mean there's there's all those different things i think you anybody who's listening to this that would be building a team has been in the business long enough to know what an agent should be able to do uh, what a good agent should be able to do and i never i don't think um a team owner should be demanding that agents do um an exorbitant like you can't demand every single agent. Wait, you're do... going too. You're going too far, or too fast. Sorry. Like, let me just backtrack. All right. <laughs> um, what I'm saying is, you you set the vision and what you want your team to do. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to ask the team members what their goals are, and like you said, you're going to add those things up. Now, if the goals of the team reach eighty, well, then you have to hire more people mm-hmm. because there's not enough people to do the the goal that you have. So then you know that our gap this year is is finding talent. But if the goals total up 125, then awesome. You probably have the team and, and if if they realistically can do those things. So do you do you make it so that because I know that there's like a minimum requirement for Well, agents. that was going to be my next So do thing. you just add up the minimum plus the num- times the number of agents and that's what you should expect because nobody does more than the minimum that they're required to do like that kind of or and then and then anything on top of that is bonus well or do you because it's kind of like i don't know there your team is as you hire people there has to be a minimum standard mm-hmm. to stay on the team right that, once I guess that's once they're through training there should be a minimum standard most teams that i know of um it's at least two per month uh-huh. Like two deals per month. So you. So let's just for argument's sake say, I know that's 24, but 25 is easier to, to add up. Okay. So if that's your minimum standard mm-hmm. and you have. Five. Five people. Mm-hmm. That's 125. Then you should expect. 125. Sales. If everybody has been doing the sales um, consistently. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is. You can't expect the brand new person that just started to be a part of the production. Right. Don't yes. in, don't even include their goals in whatever your numbers <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, yeah. it will take time for them to build to that. Mm-hmm. And so, but here's the part that this is why you can't sit a team down. Well, one of the reasons I think you can't sit a team down and say, let's add up the numbers is because I have heard this many many times and then validated it validated it even more that for every person on the team I'm not talking about sales agents I'm talking for every person on the team you should expect to close um, basically what amounts to 20 around 20 units per person Mm -hmm. even admin not that they're going to personally be closing 20 units but that if I have a fast they make that move fast enough so that you the other agents that the agents can Close more, get more leads, all that stuff. Right. So if I have a team that's, again, everybody's been there for a little bit of time. If I have a 10-person team that has all been through their training, they're rolling, Mm -hmm. that should actually result in 200 units. Mm -hmm. So, but that again, the the key- Would that be considered average- Um. Yeah, I think, like, I've heard it anywhere from 15 to 25. So it's right in the middle is okay. is what I use. Okay. Yeah. So average. So, but you have people in and out of the business all the time. Mm-hmm. Like some people don't, they, they're they not a fit uh, for various reasons and they don't, 
stay long enough to be counted in that. So at any point in time, if you have 10 people that have been there consistently, then you can expect to right. be hitting those numbers. But most of the time, it's like, let's say you're you're an agent who has one admin and you're considering hiring a buyer's agent. Well, that admin should have allowed you to, um, I've heard even triple your business, that first admin hire. But it gets exponentially less as you they take things off your plate so that you can do more sales. And so Right, but that one when it's just you and an admin, you're gonna be able to do way more sales than you were doing by yourself. As you add people to it, it's not as much. You're not getting as much out of out as, of it as you know what I'm saying? That, I don't yeah. know how to describe that, but I think you're I think you're right, but the the point is that whatever you are doing on your own, then you bring in an admin. You should at least double your business. Um, but I have heard even triple from that first hire. Um, and then you're like, okay, I'm ready to hire an agent. Look, I know that the, the MREA model, the millionaire real estate agent model, now is more focused on getting admins um first before. So yeah, like you yeah. might even hire a transaction a, coordinator. A transaction coordinator or another person and keep getting more productive in that department. But let's just say let's say so, I want to hire an agent. Let's just say you're hiring an agent, okay? Well you bring them on and they're gonna be in a ninety day training period. Mm, they're not gonna do any business for Let's say you hire them Jan- January 1st. Right. They're going to be in a 90-day training period. 90, then that's, ni- that's 90 working days, not 93 months. Right, right. So it's actually more like four and a half months. So I don't think that math's right, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's they're going to be there into April before right. they're through their training. So when you're setting a goal for that, like let's say you're business planning right now and you're thinking, I'm going to hire a new agent for the next year. And keep in mind, you don't want to include that production from them. I wouldn't include it it at at all. all. Because here's why. Because your first hire is probably not going to work out. Well, yeah. (laughs) um, Because you're going to want to hire them on uh, January 1st, but you're actually not going to hire them until February 18th. Yeah. By the time you actually find somebody and then well, not yeah, knowing you're... how to train and all of the rest and everything else, even if they even if they get it and they maybe have a little bit experience and everything else, at the end of the year, they're going to have four sales, five sales. Well, if you get somebody, if you start in January, like you said, it's going to take some time to hire, then they're going to be in training. If they are a talented person and they go out and they're get the go-getter and they start getting business, you still can only really expect six months of production if they get started soon at the beginning of the year. And so if you're using, if you're planning out your next year, I would recommend only using six months at a maximum Mm -hmm. of what you would expect them to do. But then that's the thing is like they sometimes don't work out. So what I have learned is that you always have to be hiring and recruiting. And I talk about this all the time with, um, with my coach because you get to a point where your job starts to shift and you really have to focus on hiring if you want to continue to grow. Yeah. Because how do you do more sales? Ultimately, it's through others. Like there is, you have a cap to the number of sales you can do. 
And the more people you hire, by the way, the less time you have to do sales. Like every time you hire somebody, your time has now been taken up with answering questions for them, for putting them through training. And no matter how tight your systems are, there's still going to be time taken away from your ability to do the same business that you would have done on your own if you just kept going in that trajectory without having to stop to train and hire and recruit. Eventually, you get to a point where there's a a sales team leader who is doing all of that stuff but that by that point your job has changed so much that you're you're basically just there putting out fires for the 30 agents and the seven or eight admin and and everybody else it's like then it's just a totally different well then you're focused on bigger picture yeah that's what i mean it's like yeah that's like how like i don't even want to go down that path um but back to so you're setting goals and, and the debate of how does this work if you have a team. So just know if you have an admin person, then if you're an individual agent, you have an admin person and they've been with you for a while, then you should be seeing a double in your business and you should be able to project out. Maybe you hired them last year and they're going to be going on a year. Well, then project out your year. It should be double, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion, uh, and what I've heard. <laughs> Many times, but the, the 20 to 25 units thing I've heard so many times over my career. And then every time I meet somebody that has a large team, um, and if you find out how many units they've done and you divide it by how many people are on their team, it always works out Mm -hmm. every single time to somewhere between 15 to 25. So when you have a new agent or a newer agent that comes in and joins the team, and they don't have any experience. I know you sit down before they actually are hired and say, and you ask them like, how much money do you want to make? Like in your first year and stuff. And then you, they tell you a number like how, how often is that a realistic number then? Oh, never. Right. (laughs) Let me tell you every single agent. And if you're listening to this and you're brand new, this is probably your goal. Every single agent, new agent, comes in and says, I want to make $100,000. Uh-huh. I want to make $100,000 in my first year. It And we just said, you're not going to make anything for the first six months. Well, and, and listen, so you're, you're it's gonna, not it's that you be- can't. It's like we're using sort of exaggerated things. It's not that you're not going to do something. Mm-hmm. But is $100,000 doable? Yes. It is doable. Will most people do it? No. Mm-hmm. Because... Think about that. Like if everybody could get into real estate and make six figures in their first year, why is there such a high turnover rate for real estate agents? Because it's not easy. Easy. It's simple. It's simple. Right. It's not easy. Right. And so when you're planning your goals. What you need to do to make that $100,000 isn't um, some sort of weird science experiment that uh, you have to know advanced calculus to be able to do. Yeah. It's all in your head and whether or not you're willing to put forth the effort of what it takes to learn and apply the fundamentals on a daily basis for the hours and time in which you need to do that to I, be successful. I think some of the the stuff that, and actually this, I heard a little bit more of this at Mega Camp, but it's always, I, I hear it all the time and it's always a good reminder. Um, if you talk to any whether it's a musician or a um, an athlete or anything like that, and they get interviewed about practice versus playing and things like mm-hmm. that, it's like, what do they spend 90% of their time doing? Yeah. 
practice. Practicing. Yeah, if you're a musician playing in a band, you 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 practice every single night with your bandmates, right? Three, four hours a night, every night. And then once a month, you play for 45 minutes. Yeah. Out on stage. And, and so if you think about that and then apply it to real estate, it's like nobody ever wants to script and role play. Nobody wants to practice their presentations. They just... They just go on them and assume like the one time that you read it, uh, you know, when you first started that that's sufficient. Think about how many appointments you'd have to go on for your play to be enough practice. Yeah. You'd have to be the Eagles. (laughs) Right. Where you're playing. Oh, Oh, geez. The dog knocking cables over. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, you'd have to be a band that plays out, you know, for four nights a week. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you play once you. So here's the thing, like as you get more experience and you go on more appointments, you get more experience just through those. But you still have to practice every day Mm -hmm. so that every new situation, every new song, every new play. The the band doesn't work out a brand new song on stage. They practice that. Of course. It's the same. And so applying that same analogy to what's just this this little snapshot in time, what's going on in the market. um, These are different conversations. So why wouldn't you be practicing different scripts now that, uh, you know, there's a shifting market. And people don't want to do that because I think, I think that's, I think, and I don't know, but I would assume that it's hard to see big picture it's hard for an, a newer agent to, un, like, if I'm not out there doing it, like trying to get the leads and doing that, and I'm just practicing, I'm not making any money. They, it's hard to see the big picture. It's why they make movies like The Karate Kid, right? Where it's like you have to practice and learn all of these fundamentals before you can actually go out and be in the tournament yeah. and stuff. But it's like, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to learn karate. Why am I why am I waxing these cars? <laughs> right? And it's like it is I could see how a newer agent is like I don't why do I I just want to get out there and do it and I learn. I wonder if anybody's ever had that that moment where you're like, "Oh, this is why I was learning." I think so. <laughs> this is why I was I was practicing this. I mean, I think so. I mean, I think it's it it it, it we say all the time like at some point it clicks, right? Where it's like, "Oh, I see." Yeah. how all of this stuff is interconnected, right? We see questions from the web all the time about pe- from people who are asking questions that are so far removed from like asking questions like, how do I solve this problem? And it's like, the problem isn't that. The problem is eight steps ago when you didn't bring people in to do a, a, a buyer consultation, yeah. right? And it's like you, the fundamentals are, are you're so far removed from so many issues. It's like all of this stuff is kind of put in place to do, to do it this way. And at some point things will click and you'll be like, oh, I see how all of this stuff works together. I see why we do all of it this way and stuff. And you hope that they, that clicks before they get frustrated and be like, this isn't for me. And leave the business. Yeah. You know, and people on a team, that happens That happens when people join a team all the time. I can only imagine what it's like if you're out there by yourself, like not on a team, just an individual agent just out there trying to fix. No wonder the turnover is so, so high. Yeah. It's really, really difficult no, without anyone telling you this is all going to make sense if you just... Just listen to me. Just be... Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> um, but anyway, so when when you're setting goals, you have to think about who you have. So if it's just you, then 
you have to look at your previous year and then determine what do I want to do this year? Like how much do I want to grow? And is it, I am a big believer in doing stretch goals, like going above and beyond what may actually seem realistic. Um, And I think I've heard there's different theories on this too, right? If you set too high of a goal and you don't hit it, then that can cause disappointment and frustration. And that can cause some people to actually go the other way, you know, start to decline. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have to know yourself, I think, and what type of goal you're going to set. But for me, it gives me something to really work towards. And that helps me grow every year. If I, if I just set something that's sort of like moderately realistic, then I don't know. It's not like very interesting either. Yeah. And you are the queen of um, nothing's ever good enough. (laughs) So setting goals that are just out of reach, even if you hit, even if you hit them, you'll find a way, Catherine will find a way to, for it to not be good enough, but you do like to set yourself up to like aim higher than what you think you can do well because listen so let me just give you an example because then you surprise yourself i'm sure that whatever we close this year will be more than we closed last year Mm -hmm. but that's but it won't be good enough it won't be what we set as the goal right and there's reasons and i'm not going to get into all of the weeds so so will it not be good enough for me no it won't be good enough for me because i know that we can do better than that that's Mm -hmm. why i set the bigger goal Mm -hmm. i know that there's enough people to do the number that i set Mm -hmm. and so it is frustrating um when we don't achieve our goals when i when i know that they can be reached yeah and that what I did this year was actually set a stretch goal, but then I set, and then like that was kind of the big picture vision. And then I told myself, but I'll be okay with this number. Right. <laughs> Just so that I know we're at least working towards um, bigger and better things because what, why sell more houses? Why make more money? There's, there's a million reasons, but the more opportunity that you have, like the more money that you make, the more opportunity you have to have freedom financially, to own investment properties, to be able to hire people. So you should look at your sales and don't be complacent and like, well, that was a pretty decent year. Let me just plan out to do the exact same thing. We don't have retirement plans in real estate. And I don't know this, but I think most people don't even do that. Well, I, I know mo- most, most people pe- don't write down mo- a written plan. Not, They've done studies on yeah, that. No, I, you're you're like, oh, well, I did this this year, so next year I'll just do the same. I don't think that well, most people, and they just one one year just leads into the next year, it just leads into the next sale, the next sale, the next sale. Do you know how many how many times I've seen on on uh, social media or whatever that people are talking about like joining a team and worried about the split on the first four sales. The, the small thinking of of worried about like or what am I I have I want to join a team but um but I have a uh, a buyer that I've been showing houses to what's going to happen with that split when I've already been worried and it's like you're worried about one sale with a split or next week it's like we're talking about you doing a hundred you know having admins that work for you and and it's like they just can't they're so, just rolling from one to the next to the next they're not planning for a year i had um my my coach shared something with me because again we're you know we're we're hiring we're looking to hire agents and so in doing that it becomes its own second job that you have to find time for and and you have to have systems and plans for and so 
she had sent me a little post that she saw. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of read it. The average income for the realtors, for a realtor, according to the National Association of Realtors is $41,800. The average realtor doesn't enjoy paperwork as much as they enjoy people and they drop all the balls on things. (laughs) That's not exactly the way it's worded, but the average agent has a feast and famine type business. One month they have a lot of business and months after they have nothing. Roller coaster. Most agents couldn't walk away from their business and take a week vacation without being in their business the entire time. Most realtors have no opportunity other than being in their business. There is no leadership option for them. They list and sell homes until they retire, get out of the business, or die. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, it's like, what if I told you that you could make more money on a team without the responsibility for all of the other things mentioned above? Um, Right. If that's your plan is to not own your own team and run a giant a, a team and, and build all of that out, then why do it by yourself? Why not just be on a team? Well so then that, you don't have to worry about any of the business side of it and you're just gonna you're just gonna be in the business until you're not in the business anymore, right? That's that's what most realtors do. So wouldn't it make sense to join a team? Well so but then that's that? but that's the point of goals, right? If you if you want to be a single agent for the rest of your life, like you love it, mm-hmm. and it's and there's your, lots of people that do, and it's your career, and you love it, and you don't mind going on vacation, being in the business, and blah blah blah. Then okay, cool, that's for you then, and you will. You better have a a plan figured out though to grow your business so that you have some sort of retirement. Otherwise, you will do it until you die, mm-hmm. like it says. And then the, so the other alternative is you. Um, grow a team and you own a business and you that's why you got into it because you wanted to own a business where you hired and trained other people and showed them how to do things and you grew an organization that actually stood for something more than just one single individual sale that allows you more freedom and opportunity and others more opportunity as well um, that gives you the ability and flexibility to retire from a business and have wealth and income and have other people, profiting off of what you built. Mm -hmm. That's exciting to me. Yeah. And then there's the other part of maybe you love selling things. Maybe you love selling houses. You love going, running around doing that stuff, but you don't like any of the other things like it says in here. So why not look for an opportunity in the coming year that you can focus on just what you're good at and what you enjoy, that you have the ability to walk away during a vacation and have support. Like Mm -hmm. why? You mean like a team? Like a team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as we're starting to goal plan and set set out for the new year, like I think you really have to think about what what you want for your career in real estate, because maybe your goal for the new year is actually to look for a different opportunity or it's to grow your team and start really thinking about it like a business. Yeah. Maybe I need to hire somebody. Maybe I need to make that first hire. Yeah. yeah. So um, so we'll talk about there's several things that you should goal set for. I think we always talk about like this one big goal, but there's a mm-hmm. lot there. There's, I think in well, the MRA. We started, and we started this talking about letting the team set the goal and versus, versus the team owner set the goal, but we didn't really get into what happens if the team owner sets the goal and what the pros and cons of that are too. So maybe we can touch on that too. Okay. All right. All right. Let's take a quick break. The Think Look B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Look B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. 
If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebe.com. And we're back. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, okay, so we were talking about that that uh, debate of, you know, team sets it, owner sets it. I say it's like it's the owner sets it, but the people in the team still set it individually as well. And then you just look at what their goals are and that helps you determine is my vision for my business uh, reachable with who we have? Realistic, yeah. Real, Like, can we get there from with like who we have on our team or what positions do we need to hire for? Right. That's part of goal setting. That's where I was saying there's more categories. Mm -hmm. So let me just, let me go back into that one second though because the whole buy-in thing, I think that comes from talking with them in their one-on-ones and getting them to set their own goals and and seeing like, why do you want this for yourself? Why? That, that makes a lot of sense, I think, when you've got somebody who's maybe in their third year of being a buyer's agent. But when you've got somebody who's new and is maybe new to the business entirely, it's like, that's like that's like having a, a fifth grader grade their own test. Well, it's like that's... Where, like like you don't you don't know what you don't know. I will tell you how many sales you're supposed to have. Well, for being a new agent and being on this team. Let's you're... go back to that hundred thousand thing. So uh-huh. that is doable for a new agent if they do specific things. And so um, I haven't done this exactly what I'm about to say, but I think somebody has shared this with me and I think it's a great way to explain things. But this is kind of maybe on the hiring process because even if you're even if you're not brand new, you still could have a $100,000 GCI goal or net mm-hmm. income goal and have only done one sale. You might not be new, but like right. you still I consider are coming to the who's team. Made less, who made, who's made less than 12 sales a year as new. Yeah. Um, so if somebody is getting hired though, or your goal setting for the new year and they say their goal for the year is to make hundred thousand dollars, then the first thing you can do is figure out well, what, what do the numbers need to be right. for you to make that points and then, yeah. And then work backwards. once you have that, that will give you the unit number that will tie into the, mm-hmm. the team bigger number. Mm-hmm. But then the question is, okay, so you want to do this, and that means that you have to sell this many homes, do this many open houses, make this many calls and contacts, this many consultations. Right. Are you willing to do this? Right, and and you being new, we basically have to double the number of appointments set and all of that stuff because you're not going to hold appointments. People are going to cancel on you. All of the other things, you're not going to get the listings, all, all of those things. So you got to double it all up because you're new. And are you willing to are you do willing this? To make your, instead of 50 contacts a week, are you willing to do the 100 contacts a week? And if you, and this is where I say, like, I haven't exactly sat down with somebody and said, here's the plan for that. Like, in exact, like, here's what your schedule should look like to right. do that. I mean, I kind of do because, yeah. like, it's cool because they it's want that. Right and then you build the schedule for them for their first 30 days. And it's like, this is what it is. But, and you should have it, like almost a chart during the hiring process. And when they say $100,000, you can just pull that chart out and say, working backwards yeah, from the average price points in this working area, 
this is what that would mean. Well, and I think beyond just here's what the activities look like is like you're going to have to work harder. You're going to have to work longer hours. You want to make $100,000. What other industries do you start in your first year, your first like real year in real estate, in, in, in an industry and make $100,000? Right. What other jobs do you have even the ability to do that? Do you think you're going to work 40 hours a right. week, have weekends and evenings off and do that right. with no experience and no name for yourself? Even doctors don't do that in their first year. So I think it, like having a realistic conversation with people when they say those kind of goals is important. Mm-hmm. And then explain to them that this is doable, but this is what it takes. And are you willing to, you know, commit to the time that will be necessary? Can you commit to that? That's maybe the most important thing because that honeymoon wears off. Well, remember the the, all of a sudden, uh, maybe I don't want to do two open houses this weekend. I've been doing open houses every week. You know what I mean? And I'm and you're not talented enough. Or have the experience enough, more talent isn't the right word, but I don't have the experience enough to be able to convert all those people that walked in and you didn't have the ability because you don't really know the scripts to get people to sign in and, and then and all of that stuff. So you got to do twice as many, right, in order for it to work. And then it's not working. And so you're like, well, maybe I'll just take this Sunday off. That, that's the beginning. That part, you know what? Open houses drive me crazy because I I, I hate when I hear people like, oh, I mean, open houses don't work. And I haven't gotten anybody from an open house yet. And blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like. People are walking in saying, I want to buy something. And the, the, like the best leads that you can possibly get well, and are people walking into an open house. What I think what drives me crazy about it is that. Um, that's one of the main sources of business when I first got into real estate. I didn't know anything else or what I was doing. It is the easiest thing you can possibly do. You literally go stand in a room for two hours. People walk in that want to buy something. And, and so you can't convert those people. How are you going to convert old internet leads? But, but (laughs) you have to remember that it does take time. Like Uh the first person you meet may not be ready yet. Right, right, right. And it takes time. And that's the whole point is, are you committed to doing these things for long enough for it to actually work? Right. And that's the the part that honeymoon phase. And I can't remember. There's there's a book. Um, well, there, this is multiple things, but there's like a, you know, a graph where you go through the honeymoon phase and then you're in the like a lapse or something. And I can't remember exactly what the what it's called. Yeah. It's like when you start something new. And you're excited about it. And then what happens after that? Mm-hmm. And then you rebound and the the cycle of that whole mm-hmm. process. But most people stop doing something before they actually see the results. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen that. We uh, Catherine's been doing this a long time. She's hired a lot of people. And unfortunately, we've seen a lot of people come through as buyer's agents who are new to the business. And right before things were going to click... Yeah, they get out, and it's it's like you guys you work so hard for so long, and everything was being set up to just all of a sudden start where your that pipeline was getting filled, and it was going to start clicking one after the other, and people get out of the business right before, right before everything takes off. Happens there's, all the time. There's a whole book. Um, it's called Think and Grow Rich, and it's a it's just little stories. It's an old old book. Um, and and there's little stories about people who. Um, almost like almost didn't make it, you know, but then they tried one last time. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, it's like all, all, I guess what it is, is all the failures that happen before success. Mm -hmm. And, but so many people don't 
push they don't push through long enough for it to happen I've said multiple times like if you just don't quit yeah (laughs) you'll be successful yeah and actually I think I saw a headline of an article recently that's like that was that was something from Inman News that was about that it was like um it was just something about just not if you just keep working at it eventually you'll be successful in Mm -hmm. real estate but that's the point is most people won't do do what needs to happen. So when you're setting goals for yourself, think about like why do I want these things? And then also with if you've got team members like why? Why do you want to make $100,000? Because you're not going to show up to work and commit to all of those things if there's not a really big driving factor. Right. It's just a number that you thought sounded cool. Right. I think that's which is what much thought goes into it. It is. Times. Otherwise, I would hear a different number, right? right? Yeah. Like, but I've heard that so many times. Every time. You'd think, think with inflation that it would have changed, yeah. but like, it seems like it's always still the same. But anyways, I digress. Um, so, but there's, there's other goals that you have to think about when you're planning for the new year. And so what you've got, obviously, this big picture goal. And most of the time we set it based on units or uh, some gross income goal. That's also a good way to work backwards and then find out how many units because you need to know no matter what the goal, whether it's profitability or the sales income, no matter what, you have to know how that works out into units because, and that's why I always use units because it just makes it easier, Mm -hmm. because units are then determined by how many appointments. So how many people... Do I need to close? Mm. If I want to close this many people, how many point? How many people do I need to pend? How many people of the people that I'm pending, how many of them have been taken? How many appointments did I hold that right. then were taken? And how many did I set that were actually held? And if you're tracking everything, you know what your conversion rates are. Right. So if I know that from my appointments taken to closings, I'm at 80%. I close eight out of 10 or whatever. I'm just making numbers up. Um, then it makes it that much easier to know how many appointments I need to set for the year versus, and then how many appointments do I need to set for the month? And then how many calls do I need to make to set one appointment? And it's all math. And then you can figure everything out right down to the last sale. And and so if all that sounds overly complicated and you've never done it before it's not there's a spreadsheet for it i think you can still get it for free at if you go to the um what is it keller inc website which keller inc is the publishing company for Mm -hmm. the mrea book and i'm pretty sure they still have a spreadsheet that you can get those Mm -hmm. like you set your your net income goal and then based on the average conversions it'll pump out how many appointments you yeah, need. Yeah, the spreadsheet of that's not hard. What's hard is saying is the, uh, the the next part, which is okay, now I see how many appointments I need to set this week. Yeah. Now I have to make the calls. Well, that's the hard part. It it's is. like now who do I call, right? And it's like, well, if you've been listening to us, <laughs> then you know your sphere is a huge part of that, right? And all the see how everything is connected? It's all connected. This is all one thing and stuff. So um so yes, I do think that's where get people get trapped. Yeah. Um, is you you write out the plan like okay, I want to sell a uh, hundred units, therefore I need to uh, set two hundred appointments, mm-hmm. and um, because you work back the numbers, and so I need to set two hundred appointments, and I'm going to do a hundred listing appointments, a hundred buyer appointments. I'm going to have a fifty fifty business. Mm-hmm. Now, 
where do I meet those people? Right. Where do they come and from? We know, and we know, like Sphere database, we if, if you've been tracking and you and you follow this, then you know how many people you need to speak to in order to set an appointment, right? So you know that. And so now it's just a matter of, well, now I just need a list of people to call. And you should, as a new agent, have a sphere of 200. And you should be doing two open houses a week, every Saturday, every fr- Saturday and every Sunday. Can I just say something and, real quick? And between calling those people, right? At the beginning, you're only going to have the people that came into this open house. But the following week, the week after that, the week after that, the week after that, that list gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So- and you're calling your sphere. You do that. You start to set those appointments. You know what I mean? It's like. So, and I don't, I didn't make up these numbers, but according to the MREA book, you, for every 12 people in your sphere, like people, you know, that have been communicated with effectively over time, Mm -hmm. you would have two pieces of business for every 12 people, two pieces of business. That's 16.67% or something like that conversion on your sphere. A year. A year. If you've consistently communicated with them and you're who they're thinking of. So if we say you have a 200 person sphere and you're getting two per every per 16. No, 12. Or per 12 every year. What's that come out to? 32. 32 sales. 32 sales. From your sphere. So hear me, hear me out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I'm going to, I'm going to map out. just sphere. I'm going to map out if if we're going to do a hundred units. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get 32 from our sphere. Mm-hmm. Okay. First, keep in mind, if you're brand new and you're just building a 200-person sphere, don't set the goal at that number, <laughs> right. right? It's over time. But if you're doing that over a year, you've touched them 40 or more times. You start rolling in year two. Then year two, that better that should be your goal. Right. Um, so let's, let's say you've done that, though. So that's 32. Now let's say you're doing how many open houses a week in Pat? Two. Let's say you do two. What else do you have to do? Nothing. <laughs> You're not showing properties. You don't You don't have any clients. So let's say you do two open houses every weekend. Mm-hmm. There's 52 weeks a year. Now are you going to work 52 weeks? No. You're, you're going to probably take off Christmas and maybe Thanksgiving weekend and stuff. So And maybe there's another weekend in there. So let's just say 48. 48. 48 times two. So you're going to do 96 open houses. The easiest two hours you've ever done in your life. Now, let's say the average open house um, gets five people mm-hmm. through it. Okay. You're going to have talked to 480 people at open houses, gotten their contact info, followed up, blah, blah, blah. I've seen most of the time open house conversions because these are people you've seen face to face. The mm-hmm. conversion rate is usually a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. I've seen anywhere from five to 10%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Five is pretty low, actually. But let's. But you're a new agent. So you want to say, well, so, I'm not necessarily basing this off okay. brand new, Okay. but let's just, just know that your numbers might be lower. So maybe use 5% if you're brand new, but you're meeting these people face to face. Yeah. And you're doing the correct This isn't cold right? calling. Where we do, because what's connected to this is, is you do your lead gen, right? We've talked about lead gen. You do your lead gen every day from eight in the morning until noon. So you're just calling. You're not looking on MLS for houses for people or any of that. You're just calling these people in your sphere every day. Yeah. So if you did 96 open houses and five people came through each one and you had a, let's just go with 5%, mm-hmm. 5% conversion. That would Slow. be, that would be 24 okay. closings. Okay. okay. Now you did 32 from sphere. Mm-hmm. 
that's 56. Mm -hmm. Let's say half of those sales were listings, like half of those people were listings that you sold. Wait, what? What do you mean? That you had oh, because from your sphere you got listings. Yes, they're not all people aren't all, all buyers, buyers right? right? Some people want to list. So right. let's say though you you've now calculated you have thirty two closings from sphere and that you're expecting and planning for, and twenty four from open houses at a a pretty low conversion rate. Mm-hmm. Twenty that's twenty four. So out of those fifty six, let's say half of those were listings mm-hmm. that you took. That would be 28 listings. So you took 28 listings. Well, the MRA book says that a properly marketed listing should actually procure, I think it says two pieces of business, but you should expect at least one. Mm -hmm. Now, caveat to that. The last two years where listings weren't on the market for more than a day, I don't think people were getting those numbers, okay? Yeah. But in a normal market where a listing takes a couple weeks to sell, you have an opportunity to procure business from it. And so you could expect to get another 28 sales if you properly listed mm-hmm. and marketed your listings. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're at 84 units right there right. with those three sources of right. business. No database, no internet leads, none of no, no Facebook ads, none of that stuff. Now let's just say you did half of it. Yeah, that's still a darn good year. A pretty good year for a brand new agent. But here's the thing. But you have to do the things. You have to do the things. And listen, I'm going to just digress for a moment. I've used the word digress like three times this episode. I apologize. (laughs) Um, But I've been doing this for, what did I say? This is my 16th year. I still am not perfect. We don't get a, a buyer for every single listing we take. And it drives me insane because we should. And I know that because uh, other agents have come before us and have mapped out the plan. And so we get plenty of leads. They just don't always get converted. Mm-hmm. And that's the part where the practice mm-hmm. comes back into play. So when you're setting goals, it's not just about, this is what I was circling back to. It's not just about setting goals for units closed and set appointments and contacts made. It's about where, how many times am I going to script and role play? How many times am I going to practice my presentation? What systems and tools do I need this year mm-hmm. to improve my business? You have to goal set for those things too. How many new people do I need? Therefore, how many recruiting calls do I need to make? It's 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 all of the hard work that nobody wants to do and isn't glamorous at all. It's sitting in your room in the dark with the guitar playing the f- same chords over and over and over and over again so that you can get up on stage but all anyone wants to do is get up on stage yeah right I just want to be out there and doing it and like and passing out business cards and being a a real estate agent you don't want to do the dirty work of of practicing those scripts over and over and over again with somebody and then making the calls and making more calls and tracking it in, in your CRM and just and all of that stuff but we just it took us 10 minutes to work all of those numbers backwards that are that are industry standard numbers that we that that, that we just showed people how how to get 85 sales a year and then or whatever it was yeah, yeah. right and then say ah, just do half of that and do and do fifth and do forty five sales. Yeah. Hey, let right? me let me just say. So if you uh, watched the Beatles documentary, Get Back, mm-hmm. that's like a perfect example of what we we're talking about. How many times did you hear the same 
song being practiced over and over yeah. and over and over again. Those yeah. were stuck in my head like yeah. all all year. All, we watched it at Christmas, was yeah. it? Yeah. It stuck in my head for so long because they just kept practicing and practicing and trying a different way and trying a different way. And then they'd go listen to it. Yeah. And say, no, oh, that's not good enough. So are you going to be a beetle? Are you going to be <laughs> or a what? beetle? Come on. This isn't that hard. Just well, be a beetle. It's like... Uh, <laughs> But it is it's like it's like do if I I keep thinking back to the mega camp like when Gary Keller said this isn't average camp yeah like do you want do you just want to be an average agent just kind of skimming that's by 12, that's forty five thousand dollars forty one forty one thousand dollars a year was. so what is that I mean I don't know it all depends on the I'm pretty the, sure that's the, before taxes by the way yeah and I don't know I don't know it all depends on what the median sales price is but I can tell you that's only a few more sales than I make a year and I don't <laughs> have a real estate license well let me tell you our average commission rate Pat that would be like four to four to five sales. Right. So that's only four or five sales more than I do. Yeah. So do you want to be average or do you want to be uh, a beetle? <laughs> I want to be, uh, I want to be John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Um, okay. was <laughs> exaggerating. No one can be those. They were just born, born that way. But you can certainly strive to be your best. And when you're yeah. thinking about setting goals, like stretch yourself and think about, um, why am I, I think it always ties back to why am I doing this and thinking about your future and like, do you, where do you see yourself? That's why in the goal setting, um, most of the time in goal setting, you're going to do like a five year, it's, it's someday goals, five year goals and one year goals. Mm -hmm. Because again, you're working towards something bigger than just one year. And it's really, it's a lot easier to Try, work towards that one year if you're thinking about this bigger yes, thing. Absolutely. So because what if you if you were to do what we said here and do those 80 sales, let's say you like, you know what, I'm going to do that. And you did that. Do you know what that would lead to for the next year? Because of all those contacts you were making through all of that, you would be hiring multiple people well, before now, the next year started. Hey, because bye. Hey, by the way, then the following year, your sphere becomes your sphere past clients. Right. It's 280, about four people now that you're sudden, contacting. Exactly. Um, now, have- we're using numbers that like, look, some people are going to move away. Like I, I, I yeah. can hear, I can hear somebody Same who's like, bus. well, some people move out of right. town. Yeah. I heard you. Yeah. We heard you and you're, you're what that's, you know what I heard? Excuses. <laughs> we're feisty this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Questions from the web. Question from the web. My biggest obstacle as a new realtor has been myself. I've come to realize that I'm obsessive and I feel I need to know every aspect of the industry or else I feel timid and lack confidence. I want to be able to keep up with the market and truly know my stuff. I'm looking into designations, but I'm waiting for my first commission so I can reinvest in myself. Do you have any recommendations to continue learning other than realtor associates and your brokerage? Any help would be appreciated. Wait, can you read the last line? Any help would be appreciated. (laughs) Do you have any recommendations to continue learning other than realtor associates and your brokerage? Yeah. Um, Well, yes, there's there's a lot of places like 
depending on who your brokerage is, they might have other resources. Like at Keller Williams, we have, obviously we have our, our market center training classes that we have, but then there's uh, regional training and then there's KWRI training. Um, so a lot of which you can actually just watch through the online portal. And then there's things like uh, MAPS coaching, which has it's not just one-on-one coaching. There's other like classes and training events that you can attend or, or do virtually where, um, you know, like a specific topic, for example, like, uh, I want to become a mega listing agent. There's a class for that. And it's a virtual, virtual thing that you listen to like one hour a week. Um, and then they give you all kinds of scripts and tools and things like that. But, um, you know, you don't have to know everything to get started. And I, I resonate with that, I've, I've been there before where you feel like I just need to go learn a bunch of stuff and I have designations and I've learned a lot by taking those classes, but don't ever forget that most of what you're going to learn is through experience. Yeah. And like, I, gotta, I learned gotta, a lot. Gotta, I, I am jump in and get, all, get your hands dirty. I am all for training and this is like people's biggest purchase. So you want to feel mm. like, you know what you're doing sure. and they want you to, too. Yeah. Um, but you're never going to know everything. Catherine's learning stuff every single day. Every day. Now, uh, so in designations, like I I took, let me just tell you real quick. Let me break it down. I just, Catherine's got, I got a couple. <laughs> I have an accredited home staging specialist. I actually haven't renewed that in a long time. So technically I'm not anymore. Um, I learned a lot, but I, that I actually already knew most of it because I did take, uh, I, I went to college for a residential planning degree after my marketing degree. So I knew a lot of the stuff that I learned from that. What it did though, was it allowed me to add value to listing appointments by saying, I provide a staging plan for you and that I'm actually accredited in that and I can provide that for you. And it's, it's a value add. Yeah. Um, I got my GRI, which is the graduate realtor Institute. That one I don't remember a lot of what I learned. I, I know it was a very intensive course and it was it was useful. But one of the big things in that was there was an, a section on appraisals. And I still remember everything I learned from that section and I use it every day. Mm-hmm. So there are plenty of things where I do recommend like making that part of your goals too. Yeah, like a luxury accreditation. Yep, I'm, I've got the luxury certification. That's also earned in. So it's not like you, some things you have to, oh, you um, have to have sell, like you have to sell luxury in order to get In the order accredit- to get the accreditation. Right, right, right. And then you take the class and then you get your little pin. Right. And, and certification. And I know that you're working on education, being able to, right? Isn't that something too? Like being credited to be able to teach. Yeah, you stuff. can do that too as you move along and you want to, impart knowledge on others like you can go and get accredited to teach mm-hmm. in your but if you, um, regional but, realtor association but i i would suggest with this person would they say um that they they feel timid they they feel like they need to know every aspect yep. you're never going to know every aspect and instead of looking on youtube and watching a bunch of videos and trying to figure out every aspect, just get into the business, start making the calls. You will learn so much faster being enveloped in it. And, 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 and you'll make mistakes and you'll be like, I'll never make that mistake again. And you won't and stuff that that's, that's really the meat of it. You have to get over this thing of, I have to know everything about every school district across, across my County um, and, and know everything about everything before I can start, you'll never get started. Those are excuses. Yes. And, um, if your market center, I keep saying market center, if your brokerage has, uh, 
a like a mentoring program or a coaching program for new agents, anything like that, I, I recommend getting into that if you're going to be a single agent or go join a team because again, you if you want to get into production and have sales, you have to jump in. But I do understand that feeling of not knowing. So you need some resource when you have a question. So yeah. if you if you so have you don't a, spend hours trying to find a solution. Yeah. So if you have a resource like a mentor or a coach or somebody that that has been in real estate sales, you can rely on them and just know that you have that person. Mm-hmm. Or if you're part of a team, obviously you have other people that you can you can get those answers so you can feel more confident going out and doing it, knowing that I may not know the answer, but I know somebody that does and I'll get the answer right away. With a structure, wherever that brokerage is or whatever, where there's a structure where that is set up and expected and, and, and already figured out, not one of these ones where it's like, well, you know, Joanne over there, she's been in the business well. If you ever have a question, you can just ask her. Because Joanne's going to get real sick of your questions real fast. And then you're going to be like, oh, I don't want to bother Joanne. And then you're going to be on YouTube looking stuff up. Like you, if you're a new agent, that's the, don't worry about the, the, well, what's the split going to be on my first blah, blah, blah. I'll just get into a brokerage where there is support or join a team where there is support so that you can learn those things. So you're not wasting your time looking stuff up. You're making the calls that you need to be making in order to make the sales. That's all about time management, which is another whole part that we didn't even touch on today. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Small win. Catherine, do you have a small win this week? Um, yeah, I, I, I usually try to do something personal, but I, I, my small win is just getting through negotiations uh, during an inspection period on a particular deal that, mm-hmm. that I was worried about. So just happy to be over that hump. <laughs> That's my small win. That's it. Yep. <laughs> and my small win is, uh, we did one of my favorite things that I like to do this weekend. We went to a giant nursery and I bought a bunch of plants. So I feel like that's every weekend. Well, we got a big yard. We got a lot of plants to put in, but I always, it's hot as hell outside. I think it like feels like temperature was 103 yesterday. It's yeah. still brutal here in Orlando, but the place where I'm doing all the planting is kind of in this dappled sun in the shade and wait until late in the day and stuff. And it's just nice. It's nice to be outside a little bit. It's been so messy out there and we've been I feel like I've been trapped inside for a year it's nice to kind of get out and I can't wait for the weather to change yes I just can't wait absolutely fall we love you I know hey guys remember to rate and review us on iTunes it really helps new listeners to find us you can send your questions from the web to onseekingthebest at gmail.com all info is in the show notes including how to send us a voicemail and for Kat, Kayla and myself thanks for listening and we'll figure this all out next week bye adios This has been a Think Live Be production.